right, here we go. We're going to kick off a new series officially today. And uh, if you don't know this about us, my desire is to make disciples. It is to help you discover your gifts, to help you grow in your gifts, and release you to practice and exercise your gifts. And so for the next few weeks, I am going to have a seat. And I'm going to give this pulpit away to some people that I believe God has uniquely created and called and gifted to be an encouragement in his word to us as his church and to help us to continue to grow in our relationship with the Lord. And so today we're going to kick off a new series called Glory Revealed. If you're unfamiliar with the liturgical calendar, this is the season we identify as epiphany. As epiphany. And what epiphany simply means is that Christ is breaking in. He has revealed himself through Christmas time and has now made himself known and real to you and I. And we are now being ex- we are now experiencing and encountering the glory and the majesty and the wonder of Jesus. That's what Epiphany is. His kingdom is coming, and the manifestation of Jesus is now here. And so this, this series is going to be based on this text in Isaiah chapter 60 and verse 1. It says this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. And so in Epiphany, we find this word to mean show, or to make known, or even to reveal. And in the Western churches, it remembers the coming of the wise men bringing gifts when they came to visit Christ the child. Who by so doing, reveal Jesus to the world as Lord and King. And so glory revealed is what we've experienced and what we pray and believe that God will begin to do through us. That we've encountered and experienced his glory and now through us we will partner with him to to allow others around us to experience and encounter his glory. What will it look like? How and who will he announce it to and Where will be the moments where he'll call us into action to show off and to share the wonderful glory of Jesus? And so to kick off our series this morning, uh, Brandon Gilbert, who is our incredible youth leader, is going to come and share with us what it means to experience and encounter the glory as we learn about the greater things in Jesus. Good morning, everybody. What a, uh, welcome back, Pastor Aaron. I always know, uh, you, you can always kind of tell when it's a morning when he's not preaching, because he preaches. <laughs> and it's awesome. Uh, man, I am honored. Uh, I feel like every, every opportunity I get when I'm up here, I want to make sure I show the gratitude I have for Pastors Aaron and Katie. Um, not just in, in getting the privilege and having the honor to be up here and speaking to you guys this morning, uh, but last week while they were away, and for Pastor Aaron to not just let this be a one-off morning, but intentionally 
devoting himself to rest, to get the vision to make sure that he is hearing what he, with the, everything that God has for, for us as Purpose Church. And I'm so grateful. I'm honored. It is um, very counter to a lot of what I grew up in the church understanding and knowing, and arguably even us at the beginning of all of this, what we, what I think for all of us. Um, and so I, I'm honored. I'm very excited for these next few weeks as well. Um, this morning, we're talking about um, greater things, greater things where you see. And guys, I'm going to talk to you out of uh, John chapter 1, verses 43 to 51. Uh, It says, the next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. To kind of set this up, this is right when Jesus is starting to call his disciples. And he has already called Andrew and Peter. And it says, the next day. And so that's a little bit of, he's given us some information. It's from the same city of Andrew and Peter. Uh, Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him of whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Behold, an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. Daniel said to him, How do you know me? And Jesus answered, before Philip called you when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathanael answered, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered him, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son of man. Let's pray real quick this morning. Lord, I pray that this morning... You would use the message that you've prepared in my heart, Father God, and the word spoke this morning to reveal your glory, your glory, that we would catch just a glimpse of the greater things that you have in store for us. Amen. Sorry. When I was reading that, there's a, a few things that stand out to me, and I read that, that passage probably... If I was on a tally mark, probably 150,000 times. Because historically, when I've had an opportunity to come up here, Pastor Aaron gives me pretty good guide rails about what we're preaching on. What the, the, today, or this, this particular time, he said, here's the series, and here's your verse. Go. And so I wanted to be very sure that I was hearing from God. And I read it, and I prayed, just reveal something to me in this. Reveal something to me. And there is, let me tell you, when you read the Bible with intention, and when you read the Bible for more than, with more, to get more out of it than just reading and getting information, these words come to life. And I tell you, there are a dozen messages that I got out of these eight verses. I've got one for you today. I'm going to call the three C's. And I felt like a pastor when I thought of that. Because it's not C like the letter C, it's C like C's. There's three, and I felt really fancy. And, uh, you know, like I felt like I was moving up in the world when I thought of that. I wrote it down. I was like, there it is, I think. <laughs> and uh, there's three C's that I find in this. And I think it's three, you can call it seasons of life. You can call it chapters. You can call it, you know, we, we often reference uh, whatever your next step is. 
you're going you're gonna to fall into, one of these is going to resonate with you in, I feel like I'm in this right now. And it doesn't matter which one it is, because all of these are important. Without, for, for Nathaniel, without these three C's for him, he wouldn't have been a disciple of Jesus. He wouldn't have been one of his 12. And he experienced all three of them in a matter of a paragraph. Well, he experienced all three of them in a matter of a paragraph. Sometimes it can take much longer than that, right? We read this and we're like, man, that's fast. In, in a matter of a sentence, it says the next day. There was a whole day that happened with just Andrew and Peter before Nathaniel and Philip were even called. So there's, there's a lot of ex- exposition in Scripture that might be missing. So don't, when, when, don't read this and think, man, it's not happening for me as fast as it happened for Nathaniel. He got it right away. No, he didn't. In fact, the very first thing we read about Nathaniel is that he doubted. Philip said, we have found him who Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote. We found Jesus of Nazareth. And the very next thing, can anything good come out of Nazareth? These are, these are men who knew the scripture, who knew that the Messiah was meant to come out of Nazareth. Who, if, you, if you're to believe the prophecies in the Old Testament, you knew him to be coming out of, out of the city of Nazareth. And he doubted. He's like, yeah, but I mean, can anything good really come out of Nazareth? Sure it can. So what does Philip say? He says, come and see. Because Philip believed it. And he was like, I've got this. I, I, I know we just met Jesus. I've met him. I talked to him. And he, I, I want you to come see him too. Come and see. Just, just, just give it a chance. Like, All right. So then they start walking. I, I don't know. I, I like to think too that they were, they were kind of yucking up and Jesus is just sitting there. He's not, I, we don't have any recorded miracles yet, so he's probably just talking. Maybe they're eating some food or whatever. And sees Philip and Nathaniel come, and Jesus says, there's an Israelite where there's no deceit in him. Whoa. This is the guy that I thought couldn't possibly be a good thing coming out of. How do you know who I am? And the only reason he had a, a moment to even hear that was because of someone's come and see. When I was in sixth grade, went to a church called Grace Community Church. And um, we, they had a really good youth program there. Uh, Pastor Dave, I, I don't remember his last name, unfortunately, but his name was Pastor Dave. And uh, every year they put on, it was, it was a big event. It was called The Spot. Why they called it The Spot, I don't, the, 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 the marketing for it was literally just a small little, almost note card looking paper that had a black dot on it and it said The Spot, Grace Community Church, date and time. It was just a black dot, literally the spot. And, but it was, a, it was a big deal. We had, every year, they, they, they'd set up a, like a paintball course on, on the premises. They did, um, we would do laser tag. They had, this particular year, we were having um, a uh, half pipe, like skateboarders were coming in, and there was going to be a professional like skateboarding exhibition. And then you could also get on it and, and use the ramps and everything. This was a big deal for me because it was sixth grade. It was the first year I was finally allowed to go to the spot. I was old enough. I reached it. And I had friends at school who I knew liked skateboarding. And, you know, little old evangelist Brandon was like, guys, just come because there's going to be skateboarders. Like, are there really going to be? Well, you have to come and see, I guess. And then, you, you know, they lock you in the gymnasium for 45 minutes to listen to some old guy talk about Jesus for a little bit first, right? But I got them in the door on a come and see. 
Now, everyone here has a come and see moment. For some of you, it might have been your parents when you were young. For some of you, it might have been last week because your friends have been coming to this church for a long time. For some of you, maybe it was just your own heartstrings that, man, I really need something more. And so you just Google something, I need more, and Purpose Church pops up. I don't know if that's in our, in our SEOs. Maybe it should be. So. <laughs> but come and see. There are people in your world right now, too. Right now, there's people in your world who need you to say, come and see. Don't close your eyes to it. And if they doubt at, at face value, that's okay. Come and see. Come anyway. One of my favorite uh, pastors of all time, Pastor J. John, uh, he tells a story of he, on his way to a conference, he went into a coffee shop to get a coffee. He took a liking to the barista, the lady, the, the girl who was t- marking his cup. And he said, well, you should come to, come to a conference with me after this. And she said, no. He said, well, come anyway. She said, no, well, come anyway. She said, no, well, come anyway. Fast forward, and they've been married for however many years now, and they're both Christians, and it's beautiful. He tells the story much better than I do. But be persistent with it. Come and see. Just come and see. It doesn't matter what, what, what they give you. The second C that we see is that Jesus sees us. I like to imagine, too, in this moment, that Jesus has a bit of a sense of humor. Because it says, who, Nathaniel asks him, how, how do you know who I am? And he says, well, before Philip called you, you were under the fig tree and I saw you. And that was a, a, just a revelation for Nathaniel. Like, I, I, you are the son of God. I believe this. I like to imagine, though, that while Jesus was just walking, he just saw him under the fig tree. And then he saw Philip go back to get him. Right? He did nothing, nothing real special about that. Right? That's the way I, I picture it. And so he's like, but maybe, maybe it was more than that. We don't know. Maybe, maybe he was under the fig tree contemplating some things about his life. Maybe he just went through a breakup, maybe, and he's like, man, I'm lost. I don't know what's going on. Maybe because nothing, what good can come out of Nazareth? Maybe he was really doubting the scriptures he spent his whole life reading and studying. Maybe he had spent his entire life. I can't write the Bible. Let me be very clear. I don't know what that was. What I do know is that when Jesus said, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you, that meant something to Nathaniel. Where you are at right now, whatever season you are in, whatever fig tree you might be under, trust that Jesus sees you. There's countless stories in the Bible of people that Jesus saw. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he sitting up in a, sitting up in a tree. <laughs> I don't know the whole song, unfortunately. <laughs> He was trying to almost hide from Jesus while still seeing him. And Jesus saw him and said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to have dinner at your house. And because Jesus saw him, salvation came to Zacchaeus' house. Jesus sees you. And if you accept that invitation, and if you accept the fact that Jesus sees you, salvation will come to your house. And the time after Jesus sees us, there's two choices. And we see both of these in Scripture. There's a rich young ruler in the book of Mark who went up to Jesus and said, what do I need to do to, to get into heaven? Jesus says, well, you know the law. Don't murder, obey your parents, don't commit adultery. He says, oh, I've done all that. And Jesus says, 
one more thing. Just sell everything you have and just come follow me. And he was sad and he walked away. And he didn't follow Jesus. The other, uh, the other choice you have, when Jesus called his first disciples while they were fishing, they're on a boat, they're fishing with their nets in hand. And Jesus says, hey, come follow me. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. If you choose that second option, you choose option number two, salvation will come to your house. Jesus sees you. He sees where you're at. We may not, he, he, your, your, your neighbor, your friend, your family, they may not know everything. They may not know what you're doing under the fig tree. Jesus sees you. There's one more C that we can see in this moment. And it's that we will see. We will see greater things. Truly, truly, we'll see heaven opened and angels like doves ascend and descend on the Son of Man. We will, there is so much greater out there for you. And when you think about the fact that where Jesus saw Nathaniel and the, the impact that that may have had on him, and Jesus like, you're going to see so much greater than what I just showed you. I know I pulled you out of the situation that you were in. I know I pulled you out there. I know Philip said, come and see. You're going to see so much greater things. Angels like doves are going to descend on the Son of Man, and you're going to get to see that. The disciples had the privilege of walking with Jesus, actually physically walking, like up and down, bumping shoulders with Jesus. A, a term and a statement that we say in, to mean I, I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I go to church every day. I walk with Jesus. Yeah, I walk with They actually physically had an opportunity to walk with Jesus. They got to witness him do a couple of things. There was a dead man raised to life because Jesus said, wake up. One of Jesus' friends, Lazarus, dead in a tomb. Jesus says, hey, get up. Dude gets up. His disciples got to see that. They got to see Jesus spit in the dirt, take that mud, rub it on a dude's eyes, who was blind, by the way. He wasn't just doing it for nothing. But when the, when, when the mud was wiped away, the man was blind no longer. He wasn't blind anymore. They got to see that with their own eyes. We get to read about it. They got to see that. They got to see Jesus forgive a man of his sins, call some Pharisees out about the, whether or not he has the ability to do that, and then because they still doubted, said, all right, then get up and walk, because oh, by the way, that same man that Jesus forgave his sins was also paralyzed and brought there by some friends because he couldn't get there on his own. His friends said, come and see. And Jesus told that man, your sins are forgiven. Everyone else here still denies it. Why don't you go ahead and get up and walk? They saw that with their own eyes objectively, there's no, there's no subjectivity to this. As Jesus, after this moment, through the, the next three years of ministry, objectively, they saw some things that are a little bit greater than knowing he was sitting under a fig tree. Just, just objectively. That is, at face value, they witnessed things that were pretty great. You know what's awesome about this, though? is that more than just what we're called and what we get to see greater things, all these things that they got to witness, we're called to do and more. In John 14 and 12, the disciples are talking with Jesus. And they said, just show us the Father and we'll, like, we've got it. At this point, this is, 
I don't know, 13 chapters later in the same book, in the book of John. So they've witnessed a, all the, a bunch of this stuff already happening. And John says, hey, if you just show us the Father, we'll, we'll believe then. Jesus tells them, don't, don't you guys get it? Don't you get it? I am the Father. The Father is in me. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. And in verse 12, chapter 14, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. I'm convinced, I'm convinced, there probably isn't much cooler, something cooler to see than a man raised to life and start hopping out of a tomb with his, like, you know, they wrap him up like a mummy and put his face covering on. And Jesus says, get up. And he just kind of, to me, like, the, the story of Lazarus is probably my favorite miracle in the Bible because I, I, I don't know how, how everybody reads. When I read, I definitely see video playing in my head. And that's, that's just the coolest for me. That and then the story of Abraham and Isaac. Those are the two coolest stories for me that when I play the video in my head. I'm convinced there's not much cooler than that. However, in everything that we see, Jesus was constantly and always commanding, using his words, get up and walk, take up your mat and walk, raise to life. Or he was physically laying his hands on like the man who was blind. He was touching people who were unclean and they were made clean again. In the book of Acts, we see it said that even they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them because his shadow was healing people as he was walking. I'm walking to one place and that Aaron, Katie, Lincoln, Ashley, every, his shadow was healing people. There was no, and that's just the authority that he had because Jesus, he believed what Jesus said when Jesus said, you're going to do greater things. And the reason he believed and the reason that was happening, I am confident, is because Jesus said to Peter, come and see. Come and see. I see you, Peter, out there on the boat. Come and see what I'll do for you. You're going to see greater things. And as he saw the greater things, Jesus told him, you're going to do greater things. And Peter believed it. So when Peter walked, he didn't have to say, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed. No, no, no. He just walked in the authority that Jesus had given him. And his shadow was healing people. And one more than that, in Acts 4 and 13, it says that they recognized that they had been with Jesus. The whole verse talks about them. They saw that they were uneducated, ordinary men. The same man who's healing people on the streets, they recognize, they being the religious leaders of the time, recognize them to be ordinary, uneducated men. If anyone's ever called you dumb or silly for believing what you believe, it was in the Bible first. You're in good company. You go. You're in good company. Well, you're a Christian. How, that's silly. How do you believe, I don't know, one of the things, that a guy in the sky just runs everything. That's silly. I can't believe that. Just come and see. Just come and see. See what he can do for you. And what he does for you, you're going to do greater things. I have three challenges, you guys. Three questions. What have you seen? What have you seen? 
And that might be simple, simply knowing where you were when Jesus saw you and seeing what can have, what's happened in your life. Maybe you've seen physical miracles. What, who have you told? <laughs> if you were at your absolute lowest and Jesus pulled you out of that, is that your story and you're just holding on to it? Are you still ashamed of it? Are you still ashamed by it? Who have you told? And what have you done? With the power that Jesus has given you and the authority that is very clearly put onto each and every one of us, what have you done? If you've done nothing with it, that's okay. Let today be the linchpin to move just a little bit closer to doing something with it. I don't expect you guys to walk down the streets and see people get healed tomorrow. I believe it if you believe it. I believe that can happen because I've seen it and I read about it and it's biblical. But again, remember, Peter is a man who spent years and years and witnessed and believed everything he saw Jesus do. If you're not there yet, that's okay. Maybe you're still in come and see. That's okay. Because I know what happens next. And what happens next is you will see greater things. You will see greater things and you will do greater things. Let's pray. Lord, give me the eyes to see. Father, give me the heart to care. And give me the heart to desire and to fulfill the purpose you have for my life. Let me not overlook those in my life who still need to come and see. Let me not take for granted the moments that I have seen. And Father God, let me not miss the greater things that I've yet to see. And Lord, more than that, give us the courage to do greater things. Lord, in your name we pray. Amen.